the Spirit, and particularly on talking about love, what love is. As we saw in 2 Peter chapter 1, that list ends with love. So we have taken a couple of sessions to ask what love is. And if you remember, um, we said a um, couple of things about love. Number one, that love is a bond. Hmm? That it is a bond. That love seeks uh, a union. It seeks fellowship. Hmm? It seeks to uh, enter into fellowship. Um, so love is not a solo project. Uh, love is uh, seeking for, to enter into a bond. And Colossians 3.14 says that it is the bond of perfection, the perfect bond. Number two, we saw that love is also a passion, um, a desire, an affection, that it is something that we experience, that we feel. Um, contrary to what many uh, have taught on love just being um, a thing of the will, <laughs> um, we saw with ample and many passages that uh, the will is carried by our affections, our deep desires, you know. <clears throat> uh, I think there's a saying that I think is very true, um, that um, what the heart desires, what the heart desires, um, the will chooses and the mind justifies. What the heart desires, the will chooses and the mind justifies. So, um, love is a deep affection of heart. It's a deep passion. When it is of the Holy Spirit, it actuates our wills. It moves our wills hmm? with the desire, the passion, um, the compelling affection of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> um, and in moving our wills, uh, it leads us to accomplish and, and do the will of God. So love is a passion, a desire, and affection. And then we come to the end tonight where we're going to say that love is, is a selfless giving or sharing. Um, that love is a selfless giving, sharing in that bond, in that relationship uh, with deep affection. Um, and it is a giving and sharing um, in truth and in goodness. So what love does is it, it gives and shares um, of the truth and of goodness. So any questions on what we have seen so far before we launched into this last uh, point? Any questions on what we have shared? <clears throat> okay, so let's pick it up in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. <clears throat> Notice the opening verses. It says, it talks about a lot of things that we could do. But if we, have, if we do not have love, it profits me nothing. Notice, beginning in verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. 
And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. So notice that these are important things that Christians um, manifest, right? Whether it be at some point the gift of tongues, uh, prophesying, the understanding of mysteries and knowledge and science, uh, faith. But all of these things, uh, absent love, it says here that we are nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Notice again, you know, external actions, right? That you would, if you see them on the outside, you would say, wow, that's a very loving thing to do, right? You see somebody feeding the poor, going out there to the homeless, or, you know, um, martyrdom. Martyrdom. Could somebody be martyred and, and, and have not love? I give my body to be burned. So if I become a martyr for, a martyr for, for the cause, of, you know, for a cause or for the gospel, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So love is the, um, you know, that uh, qualifying trait, right? That trait that uh, makes what we do um, be of value, be profitable, right? Um, and then what is it? What is it? Well, here it is described. And notice how it is described. Loves, and what I want you to see is, <clears throat> notice if the things that we have talked about are reflected here. You know, a bond, a deep affection, and a selfless giving. Okay? So, in other words, if I'm going to feed the poor, if I'm going to have all faith, if I'm going to um, die for the cause of Christ, if I'm going to abound in faith and, and prophecy and knowledge, it is to be done in the bond of love, in the passion and affection of love, and in a selfless giving and sharing. Okay? So, notice how it is characterized here. Love suffers long. Love suffers long. So love suffers long. So what does this speak of? Hmm? What do you think? Let's, let's uh, today uh, exchange a little bit. Love suffers long. What does that mean? Hmm? What does this speak of when you hear that love suffers long? Why? Why would love suffer? Because you feel for the other okay. others. Yeah. You feel the pain. True. So on the one hand, love... Um, because you are in, in connections, in relationships, right? In, in bonds, um, you feel because you've gotten close, right? You've gotten close. You, you have a bond. You are in a relationship or uh, you are seeking that relationship. Remember we said that we are disposed, that we are willing um, to enter into a relationship 
So um, it suffers long, one, because we're sensitive. Hmm? We're sensitive to those, to the plight and the hurt of those around us. But why, why else would love suffer long? <clears throat> Yes. Has to do with endurance, has to do with uh, yeah. patience. Right, love is, uh, exactly, endurance, patience. So, because we live in a world where love is going to be challenged, right? In other words, we're going to be offended. We're going to be hurt. Hmm? We're going to be mistreated, right? Um, and we are called still to what? To love. What a challenge, right? <laughs> what a challenge. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It suffers long. So, th so one of the things that uh, that w in which we could tell the love is in action is in our willingness to suffer. You know, and to suffer long. When love ends, we don't want to suffer anymore, right? <clears throat> Think about it. Are there circumstances in which we have decided, I'm not suffering anymore? Hmm? So love suffers on the one hand because we care. And number two, love suffers because it remains committed even though, even though, we don't get the same treatment back. We don't get the same um, response. We don't get the same uh, reciprocal action. It hopes to receive love back, and uh, it, when it's not coming, it suffers long, waiting, hoping, right? As we will see, that's a very good point, right? <clears throat> yeah. So love suffers long. The only way to suffer is to stay in, re in relationship. When you end the relationship, you have chosen to end suffering in a way. At least the suffering of love. The suffering of love. Hmm? When we end the relationship, well, we don't have to suffer anymore. That's why people, understandably so, uh, end relationships, right? Because they don't wish to keep on suffering. Hmm? And, and, and we're accepting here, obviously, um, you know, um, if we are receiving uh, violence, right? If we are receiving, um, you know, certain, um, I'm thinking of so many examples in which uh, we have to get away from, um, from a person, right? But the reality is that these days, anything becomes an inconvenience hmm? and a reason to stop loving, right? A reason to stop loving. And we should be more careful about, you know, choosing, oh, you know, this inconvenience, this is bothering me, this is getting in the way. Um, and even, even in those examples and instances where, um, you know, there could be mistreatment and even violence that would be then either a person that is very sick on the other side or an enemy, right? 
Are we still called to love? Yeah, we're still called to love, right? So, what else is love then? Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Okay, I wanted to bring to that because I think that the, the definition of love in the society is not the same as the one. Absolutely not. And that is a reason why you don't yeah, see yeah. relationships. Absolutely, because the definition in the society of love is self-love. Exactly. <laughs> so, love at first sight. Like yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Whatever they felt, yeah, yeah. They feel like three years into the right. Yeah. The root of, uh, of love in, in the world is self love. It's self love, right? You know, so you come first. You come first. I have to love myself first. Correct. Correct. That, that, is, the, that is a deception <clears throat> of the enemy, and that's what the enemy has you know, managed to, yeah, to, to entrench in, in, the, in the mindset of the world, right? So love suffers long and is kind. Is kind. So does that need any explanation? It's, it's, I, like it, I like it in Spanish. Es benigno. It's benign. What does that mean? Hmm? It's good. In other words, love does good. It does good. It is kind. It is benign. It, it, it gives good. Right? <clears throat> so, and, and this is the challenge. With There's another passage in which we hear not to be overcome by evil. The only way we're not going to be overcome by evil is if we continue to love. If we abide in love. Because love is kind, because love is good. It is committed to giving goodness, even though we get evil. We get evil, we give good. When does that get um, upset? When evil triumphs. When does evil triumph in our lives? When evil gets us to do evil. When evil gets us to do evil, um, you know, evil has triumphed, right? In, in the sense of it's managed to overcome us hmm? <clears throat> at a particular moment. So love suffers long and is kind, it's benign. Love does not envy. Love does not envy. Does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. What are the implications of this? Hmm? You look at, you know, why do we envy? Why do we envy? What is envy? Yeah, yeah. You know, you look at your neighbor and you're not happy with your neighbor's uh, goods and life and state in life because uh, you resent that they may have that and you don't. Right? That's not love. Hmm? That's envy. <clears throat> that, that does not let you be kind to your neighbor. Hmm? <clears throat> so it does not parade itself. Uh, it does not envy on the one hand, and it does not parade itself in the sense that then when you do, right, have, um, are in a good place or somehow have something to, to boast about, hmm? to rejoice in, it does not parade itself. Hmm? What does that mean? <clears throat> yeah, it's right, showing off, like really 
look at me and I look down on you, right? Look at me, um, showing this off. I am proud, I have something to be proud of, and you don't. Hmm? And you don't. It, it puts others down. Hmm? <clears throat> love does not do that. Love does not put the other down, because love does not envy. <clears throat> um, does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Verse 5. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. What do you think of those? This is really a selfless, um, um, a selfless giving, right? A self, a selfless sharing in goodness. <clears throat> As you would not get irritated, right? You would not get upset. You would not get angry. You would not behave in anger. You would not. It's, the meaning is that you would not behave with irritation, with with anger. <clears throat> what happens when anger overcomes us? Hmm? We stop being what? <coughs> we stop being good. We stop being loving. We, we, we start giving harm. Does not seek its own. Does not seek its own. See, there it is. The counter of the world's uh, concept of love. It does not, love does not seek its own. If it does not seek its own, it seeks what? <coughs> uh, the good of the other. It's seeking the good of the other. It is not provoked. Not provoked. <clears throat> Thinks no evil. Well. <clears throat> and then verse 6. Does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. And this is sort of like, you know, the, the cap, right? The, the summary statement. It is able to do all this because it does not rejoice in evil, in injustice. But what brings it joy is the truth. Hmm? What brings it joy is the truth. It's the truth of God. It's the truth of Christ. Hmm? So it's rejoicing in, in that truth, in the truth. Of God in the truth of Christ, love finds its happiness. It does not find it on the other. It finds it in the truth. It finds it in the truth of Christ, in the truth of God. Hence, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is what Angel was, uh, was talking about, right? That is hoping for. What did you say, Angel? Remember at the beginning? To receive love. It is hoping to, to be in a relationship of love. Hmm? In other words, if, if, if the relationship is broken, if the, if the relationship is hindered, it grieves. Hmm? It grieves that. In other words, it suffers. It suffers what is not the way that it should be. Hmm? 
But sometimes in order for us to avoid suffering, we have a mechanism. We have a mechanism which helps us avoid suffering. It's a very, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a trade-off which the payoff is not good, but it works. You know, what would we rather be instead of, uh, instead of uh, grieving, what would we rather do? Hmm? Yes, yes, but, but, you know, if you had to trade, uh, this is something that we do all the time. <laughs> we just, maybe now we're going to bring it to awareness. Uh, th there is an attitude that we, that we subconsciously trade for grieving, not to feel the vulnerability and the pain of grieving. In other words, if somebody has, if somebody mistreats you, if somebody betrays you, if somebody does you wrong, right? That should make us sad, right? But it does make us sad, but it, it, it inevitably we turn it into a different, a different, ah, anger, anger. Yes, anger, anger. You see, because in anger, all of a sudden we reassert what? Control. We reassert control. In anger, we feel empowered, right? Because now we're ready to battle. As long as you're just suffering and grieving, you're just in a position of vulnerability. Right? What do you need? You need comfort. You need help. But if I'm angry, if I get upset, I can be the justice warrior now. I can be, I can do battle. Hmm? I can rectify things. I can go about fixing things, right? Um, <clears throat> so it says here, it is not, it is not provoked. Hmm? It is not provoked. Um... It does not behave rudely. It does not behave. Uh, uh, I think other translations have um, irri irritably. How does it have it in your translation? In verse 5. Verse 5 does not what? Does no se nada indebido. Yeah, in English? Do not behave rudely. Rudely. Any, any, any other translations? Do not behave itself unseemly. Uns okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. <clears throat> unseemly. It's, it's that. It's, it's, it's to be... It's, it, I think it, it has that idea of, of being now in a position, in an attitude of, of anger, in an attitude of ready to lash back, you know, ready to act out. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> well. Hmm? That's another attitude that we, uh, that would be also, that's also a mechanism against suffering. I don't care. I don't care. I don't have to care. You know, out of sight, out of mind, I don't, I don't have to think about it. So I try to, right, to not, uh, to not suffer, right? It's like breaking a relationship. 
Yeah, yeah. So w the opposite of love is the hardening of a heart. Your heart gets hardened. Or your heart, it gets hardened and it gets, um, our hearts get uh, surrounded and covered in all kinds of layers. All kinds of layers that are not healthy. Resentment. Hmm? Fear. Bitterness. Right? <clears throat> Resentment, fear, bitterness. These are things that set in when we choose the opposite path of love. We get filled with resentment, with bitterness, with fear. <clears throat> what else? With pride. With pride. But deep down within, we are shattered. We are shattered. So it is love, and love is the path of suffering, of genuine, of genuine sensitivity in the world. Mm -hmm. And what do we do with that suffering? Obviously, we take it to God. We grieve it before God. We take it to God in prayer. We confess and we cry out with our hurts to the Lord. We seek God's comfort. We ask the Lord that we would not be overcome by evil. We, we are confessing. We are forgiving the evildoers and the perpetrators. And we do that on a daily basis, moment by moment. And every time the offense, every time the, you know, the hurt, every time you know, the, the, the evil rears up its ugly head, we reject it, we renounce it, we confess it as we are giving it to the Lord, crying out to God, <clears throat> weeping before God. <clears throat> and that makes you strong. It makes you strong. It's the strength of love. It's the strength of someone that now does not have to deny, hide, conceal, um, you know, compensate, um, manipulate. It's, it's, it's the strength of someone that can now engage honestly, straightforward. Um, the strength of someone that is able to maintain um, truth and kindness, you know, while at the same time um, engaging, you know, not, not, um, not compromising your integrity, right? Um, <clears throat> Does this make sense to you? Mm? Yeah. <clears throat> it's, a, it's, a daily, uh, <clears throat> it's a daily struggle, right? <clears throat> So love is a giving, a selfless sharing. It's, um, it's a giving and a sharing in truth and goodness. Go to um, 1 Corinthians now. Let me see. What's the other one here? No, uh, Romans. Romans. Mm -hmm. Romans 13. <coughs> Romans 13. 
Let's see what I've got here. Romans 12. Romans 12. <clears throat> Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. All right, so let love be without hypocrisy. How could we tackle that one? Hmm? Let love be without hypocrisy. <clears throat> well, yeah, that you know, definitely that. But you know, if if uh, how do we how do we go about fulfilling this commandment, walking in in the light of this commandment, and you know, what do we do? We talked about this the other night, uh, as when we were talking about how love is a desire, you know, involves a passion, a desire, and affection, right? So, you know, a hypocritical thing to do is definitely um, to act something out, but deep within, to be burning otherwise, right? To be burning with evil intent or with envy, right? Or with resentment. So how do we then cleanse our love, <laughs> so to speak, right? What do we do with this? Hmm? We confess it to the Lord. We confess it to God. We abhor what is evil. Abhor what is evil. Hmm? So love is going to challenge you in the innermost parts, in the inward parts you know, of, of your heart. Let it be without hypocrisy. Acknowledge our deficiency in love. Confess it. Acknowledge your lack. You're falling short. You know, <clears throat> don't put on a pretension. You know, be, be genuine. Um, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I should do with the I remember the last uh, last Wednesday Uli Uli to us. Mm-hmm. It has to do with serving. Yeah. Too, right. Said, what do you, what happens when you don't feel like serving? Correct. What do you do in the meantime? Correct. Yeah. And the answer is yeah. you serve. Yeah. In the meantime, you pray. You still do it. You obviously. Because you don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right? There are um, needs in our neighbors and in the body of Christ that we're called to fulfill, to to respond to. Right. Um, but while these needs are external, oftentimes, right, they are to be done in love. And if they are to be done in love and we're not, we're just putting on the show, the facade, right, and we're just doing things externally and we're in conformity outwardly, but our heart is not in it, right, that would be something of hypocrisy, that we would be complacent in that. So um, we, have to come, we have to come before the Lord with it. We have to really, you love truth in the inmost part, in the inward parts. Father, help me here. Father, bring my, 
my desire, bring my affection for the things that I am doing. And this is for everything in life. Hmm? You know, not just serving in church, but the, in the workplace for once, right? You know, there's nothing more terrible than waking up and going to work in a place where you just have to crank, you know, crack a smile and, and put on a show and, and, and go about your day. But there's no sense of what? Hmm? There's no sense of, of, at all of any joy in it. <clears throat> that is wrong. That is wrong. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, um, we can ask the Lord to fill our daily occupations with love. With love for neighbor in what we're doing. Even if you just, if you are giving a cup of coffee. Let's say the working in Starbucks, right? You're giving a cup of coffee. You're fixing up a latte. Or you are putting together, you know, picking up the french fries. <laughs> I don't know, the most menial things that you would think would be like, you know, would, 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 would make you hate what you're doing. Um, what are we doing? Father, fill my life with love. That I could do this thing in the love of your spirit. And when you do it with love, you do it with excellence. Hmm? You do it for the sake of the other. Right? You do it right. You do it in kindness. Hmm? You do it with joy. So it's a daily battle. It's a daily renewal. It's a daily renewal. But this is the life of the Spirit. This is the life of the Spirit. <clears throat> if I'm, you know, it may be that you're taking phone calls, customer service. You know, you're talking to people. And the love of Christ, you know, as it is renewing you, causes you to... To truly want to be of service with, to people, right? To really want to be of service, to really want to be helpful. You take joy in that, you know? <clears throat> Can you say that let love be without hypocrisy be, uh, let love be done in joy? Absolutely. We're going to see, and we're going to end there, hopefully tonight, is that the accompaniments of love are joy and peace. <laughs> joy and peace. You know, of, of course, yes, it, it is, it is. And we want to be filled with God. <laughs> if we are filled with Him, these characteristics will, that's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the Spirit sharing, giving us the things of Christ. He loves us so much that He wants to share with us the life of Christ. Because at the end of the day, He is preparing us for eternity. That's what we're going to do forever. Imagine in heaven. Heaven is going to be populated by people like that. <laughs> by, by Christ's, you know, bride. And, and it begins now. This is how we know that the kingdom has been inaugurated. As we have been talking on Sunday... Because God has now shared his life with the world, you know, with believers, with, with the sheep, with the body of Christ. And he is helping us escape the corruption that is in the world. The world wants to corrupt you by stealing love out of you, making you 
hard and, and envious and lustful, right, and bitter and self-centered and a superficial joy seeker, right? <clears throat> Working just for yourself, that's the world, isn't it? That's the world. So uh, let, love with, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Cling to what is good. So notice again the connection. That's why we say that it is a selfless giving and sharing in truth and goodness. In truth and goodness. You are loving because of truth. Because of the truth that you have received. Because of the goodness that you are sharing in from God. The source is from above to you. You're not seeking your satisfaction of love in the other person. The moment, the moment you, you seek the satisfaction of love in the other person, then love begins to run dry. And then you just, you know, it's tit for tat. Well, you know, at some point, if you're not reciprocating, that's it. We throw in the towel. No, no, we are clinging to what is good. We are rejoicing in the truth. Hence, we can continue, right, to do what God has called us to do, which is live a life of love uh, unto others. <clears throat> you know, the interaction between the word abhor and cling, the combination of the word abhor is, the first part is to separate yeah. apart from and cling yeah. from one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So be kindly affectionate, verse 10, to one another with brotherly love. So this is, uh, you see, no, every time love is talked about, then we are directed to the love of the fellowship, the love of, in the body of Christ. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. So, love your brother. This is the family of the faith. This is the, the eternal family. These are our siblings in Christ. My brother is also a child of God. So, be affectionate. Be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. <clears throat> then from there it goes on to say, notice, <clears throat> verse 14. Well, the whole, the whole thing, you know, let me now skip uh, 12. Rejoicing in hope. So notice there's hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. And then bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You're not envious. And by the same time, you're not fearful. Notice the strength of love. The only way that you can rejoice with those who rejoice is if envy has not overcome you. And the only way you can weep with those who weep is if fear has not paralyzed you. Okay. A perfect example. I can't go to the I can't go to the funeral. Why? It's just too intimidating. It's just too, it's too frightening to me. It's too disarming. I can't deal with that. You see, 
um, I can't be in that situation. Please, you, you do. I can't, you know, I can't respond to that need. It's just too much for me. You see what I'm saying? You're saying, I, I can't suffer with you. I can't enter that suffering. It's too much. Fear has gotten a hold of me. It's too threatening. It's too intimidating. Something has gone awry in my heart that I can enter into suffering, right? Into the suffering of others. Does that make sense? Or I don't know what to say to such and such in this situation. Well, that's, that's understandable because sometimes we don't need to say anything or words. But... Uh, you feel that you have to say something. Yeah, we feel that we have... Oh, the, exactly. That, that's another thing, right? Yep, yep. Absolutely. The ministry of presence... You know, uh, entering into those situations where there's weeping. Also, this fear. Here's another fear. that, And when you hear me speak like this, it's just out of the experience, right, of living with people. Living, number one, with myself, with my own family. How, how do we learn? Hmm? From ourselves? From our own context? And obviously, if we are in ministry, which we all are, we are encountering all, uh, the whole array of human experience, right? So, um, don't talk to me about that. No, 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 I don't want to hear that. Why? I'm afraid that's going to happen to me. Hmm? Right? Haven't you heard that? So it's fear also. Oh, no, no, I don't want to hear that. That's just, oh, that's, that tragedy, that's just too horror. That's, you know what I'm saying? It's just that. So we should, we should be the people that are able to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and not to be overcome by it. Not to be overcome. Not, in other words, the, the strength here is that we don't fall apart. If you fall apart, yes, don't go to weep because that's an, that's an added what? <laughs> it's an added burden, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Right? <clears throat> and if you go to the party and to rejoice and you're filled with envy and you're going to be murmuring, oh, please, right? <clears throat> so, uh, but there's a, the strength of love is that you're able. You're able to connect. You're able to enter into the bond of love, whether it be the human experience or the fellowship of the saints. But now you are helpful. You are, you become helpful. You become good. It's good to have you around. Because <laughs> you're helpful. You know what I'm saying? That's love. You know? Um, so, <clears throat> this, um, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep, be of the same mind toward one another, uh, the same mind does not mean that we agree on things. It, it means this. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. It doesn't mean that you don't have an opinion. It doesn't mean that you don't have a say. It doesn't mean that you can contribute to something. But it means that you, are, you, are, you enter into a relationship <laughs> 
with a mindset to serve. To serve. So you can associate with the humble. So the humble are not out to parade themselves. To parade themselves. In other words, you're entering into these associations, these connections, these bonds, not to parade yourself, not to show off, not to be seen, but truly to be helpful. To be helpful, to be a part of, you know, <clears throat> to rejoice in love. <clears throat> and then notice, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Because sometimes, it's a, you know, it doesn't depend on us. But you do as much as depends, as much as it depends on you, to live in peace with all men. There are people that will not be at peace with you. They will not. And we know, we, we have to know when to walk away. When to put a boundary. Hmm? When to say stop. When to create some space. Even while still remaining helpful and good and available. Right? That's the difference. <clears throat> we need to be able to know when to put a boundary. When to say stop. And when to create some space while remaining good and helpful and available. Okay? Does that make sense? Mm. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not, this is the, this is something that we should, it's a takeaway, right? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Love is that offense of this, uh, you know, taking the offense, right? Sometimes we're just on defense, hmm? but the, we are called to, to advance, to, to really live this life of overcomers and that is by overcoming and um, giving good instead of evil. Hmm? In the face of evil to remain committed to be a force for good for the sake of Christ and for the glory of Christ. That is um, the victory of our testimony. Hmm? That's the victory of our testimony. Let, let men see your good works, right? That when in the day of visitation, they may glorify the Father. They may not get it right now. It, it may seem like they're not paying attention or that it goes, you know, but it does not go to waste. God is using that testimony. God is using those good works in love. <clears throat> That your gentleness, that's right, that's exactly right. <clears throat> okay, any questions so far? 
Our time is running out quickly here. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> but for men, it's impossible. <laughs> but for God, all things are possible. <laughs> all things are possible. And this is what makes us be dependent on God. Oh, Father, please. I can't do this. This is it's too high. But yet, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> it's beautiful. It, it's really, it's, it's holy, it's heavenly, it's divine. Oh, Father, please, help me participate in this. And we have all begun. We have all begun to participate in it. Um, and finally, let me just uh, quickly, love is born of love. Love is born of love. Hmm? This is how we obviously love. Love is born of love. <clears throat> and perhaps this is, um, you know, love is born of love. We, and, and you notice I have tackled this from a generic standpoint and then kind of uh, filtering it down to the love of God, right? But this, this has implications across the board. In other words, how do we learn to love? How do we learn to love? And I want to submit to you that we learn to love in the context of being loved. The person that has not received love, that, that does not know, hasn't been loved. When people are not loved, they don't know what love is somehow, right? It's, it's hard. So, um, so, sometimes when kids grow up, and they haven't been loved right by parents. Hmm? That creates all kinds of problems in their lives, right? Praise God for persons and people that God brings into our lives. It may be uh, a grandma, a grandfather, a brother, a sister, an aunt, a teacher, a pastor, a brother, a sister, right? And especially God. <laughs> Though my mother and father forsake me. So the love of God is a redeeming force in a world in which love has gone all right. It's gone wrong. It's gone bad. You know, the love of God is the redeeming force. It's a redeeming power, the presence of the Spirit. Um, notice what it says in 1 John 4, beginning in verse 9. We close here. 1 John 4, beginning in verse 9. In this the love of God was manifested toward us. This is 1 John 4, 9. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So love does not begin with us. We love because God has loved us first. You see? So, and this is how we know the love of God, that He sent His Son to be the satisfaction for our sins, the, the atonement, the reconciliation, right? The acceptance. We are accepted before God. In the love of God in Christ. This is how God loves you.
You are accepted of the Father. You are accepted in Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You've been justified. You've received mercy. And the goodness and kindness of the Savior has been given unto you. It's all yours. <clears throat> so in this love, in the reception, in the knowledge, in the apprehension of the love of God in Christ, comes the imperative to love. First, the indicative of grace. This is something, right? A paradigm that we have used. That the imperatives are grounded in... The imperatives or the commands to love are grounded in the indicatives of grace. Or, put it another way, that we're called to love in the same way that we have been loved. And those are two words of God to us. One in which God says to us, I love you. I love you. Okay? I love you. My love is with you. I love you out of grace. Out of loving kindness and mercy. I love you. It has nothing to do with what you do. This is how I have loved you. And then God says, go and do likewise. Go and do the same. Right? This is, by the, by the, this is a summary of the Christian life. I like to think of it this way. Uh, hold on to this passage here. Go to John. The same writer, John. The Gospel. Go to the Gospel of John chapter 13. Chapter 13. Notice how Jesus sums up the Christian life. John chapter 13. He calls it a new commandment. He says in verse 34 of chapter 13 of the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. He says, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So notice, there's two, vo there's two words here. Hmm? Two words. Love one another. But don't forget that this love one another commandment is grounded in what? As I have loved you. So every time you hear the command to love, and you feel, whether you feel overwhelmed by the weight of all that it entails, by the deep responsibilities, or by your failures in fulfilling it, then go from the imperative or the command to the indicative of grace. I have loved you. Every time you feel yourself falling short in loving Go to how you've been loved. Does that make sense? This is the secret. A secret sauce hmm? to the Christian life. Because what happens is that many Christians either go the hypocritical route. Oh, I'm loving. I'm okay. No, no problem. I'm fulfilling all these external commands and things that I do. I'm okay. And then internally and inwardly, just... The, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're a wreck. They just allow hypocrisy to overcome them, right? Or evil. 
And the only way to, to battle against that is as we see our, we hear the command. We, we don't ever get away from the command to obey, which is summed up in love. Hmm? This, this deep, we, we, we really go deep into this command of, of the law, which is a command to love in all the ways in which we have explained. And as we see ourselves falling short, we fall back in the grace of the Savior that says, but I have loved you with this perfect kind of love. Rest in me. Come back. Come, come, come and feed on me. Feed on my love. Receive my love. And then I send you back out again. So these two words is what we call law and gospel. Law and gospel. It's the word of the imperative, which is the word of command. And the word of the indicative, which is the word of grace. Right? It's the word of grace. And they are related to each other in this manner. That what we do now flows from grace, flows from being loved flows from all that the love of God in us accomplishes and provides on a daily basis. We are living on the basis of God's love for us. We never want to revert those terms. And this is love. Not that we love God, so don't get it wrong. Don't go about this, you first trying to love God. But go about this, you first receiving the love of God. And from there, then verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Skip down now to verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Notice, Christ is going to come and penetrate and challenge those fears and wants to, to continue to, to, to uh, break strongholds of fear and all the rest, right? But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Isn't that a beauty? I think that's a fitting way. And that is why then love is accompanied by joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Because it is being fueled by the love of God. It is not being fueled by our own love or by the love of someone else. But it is coming directly at us, filling us, filling our cup. My cup overflows. Hmm? When I counsel, uh, I used to have uh, this uh, little picture, right? That we should be loving, doing life out of a cup that is filled. You know, out of a cup. My, what does the psalmist say? My cup overflows. When a cup overflows... Right? It just what? You know, it just spreads, right? So when we overflow with the love of God, it just spreads. It runs freely. So at times we need our cup filled and refilled and over and over again. Run to God, be filled with the love of God, and then let that love overflow. And we'll be overcoming evil on a daily basis. Amen. Well, the peace of God.